Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. Romans 6, 1, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? So uh, as a believer, part of God's plan for your life is that we would grow in being sanctified, that we would grow in our understanding of his plans and purposes, we would grow in our understanding of right and wrong, and that we would want to do the things that please God, and that is to obey him, to love him, to love people, help people, serve people, and to hate evil, right? And so our world is kind of teaching young people, there's no such thing as evil, do whatever you want, there's no good, there's no bad, but the Bible teaches there's good and there's bad. And if you want to live a good life, then you have to make good choices. The world teaches there's no good, there's no bad. And when you make bad choices and the consequences come, blame somebody else. Now, that's a ridiculous philosophy, right? I mean, anybody who has four brain cells, you got to know blaming other people for your bad choices isn't going to fix your problems because you're just going to keep making bad choices. You got to learn how to stop making bad choices. And how do you do that? Well, you have to know what is good and what is bad and then choose good, right? And so the Bible teaches us that. In verse 4, he says, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, how do we do that? Well, I love Jude 1, 24, and this is so good because if you feel like, Pastor Bob, I don't know if I can be holy. Well, I have good news for you. In Jude 1, verse 24, it says, Now to him, speaking of God, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I love that. See, when you choose to ask the Lord into your life, to live a holy life, and you say, Lord, help me, then he's the one that helps us. He's the one that empowers us. He's the one that changes us on the inside that we want to choose to do the right thing. Now, some people think when they become a Christian that God just makes you be good. No, you have to choose, and we can't do it on our own, so we need his help. Verse 5, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. So not only has God chosen you and chosen me. He, God has predestined us to adoption. Now, I love that. That means that before you were born, God knew that he was going to adopt you into his family, right? And we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved, right? God accepts you how you are right now. Now, I love that because all of us are flawed, right? All of us have problems. All of us, you know, need things to be worked on, and God accepts you right how you are right now. I've met Christians who say to me, or people who've said to me, not Christians, people have said, well, once I get these few addictions that I have under control, then I'm going to start going to church and start living for God. And I said, no, you need to come how you are right now. And, and they're like, well, as soon as I get this, as soon as I got this drinking problem fixed, then I'll start coming to church. No, God accepts you right where you are right now, and then he's the one that changes us on the inside. And, and that is such good news because no matter who you know that needs some help in their life, whether they're a relative or a neighbor or a coworker, whatever their issues are, 
you can just invite them to church. You can invite them to invite Jesus in their life, and he helps them right where they're at, right? I mean, when I first got saved, I had all kinds of issues, and yet I came to church, and it was good to know that God loved me right where I was at, that I didn't have to change everything in a day, right, but that God would work in me and change me. And so, verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace. So, redemption was a term used uh, in the slave trade to pay the price for a slave for the purpose of setting him free. Now, that might seem odd to us because we don't have slave trade, uh, but we talked about uh, last week or the week before how, you know, there's millions of slaves in, in the world still. We don't in America because Christianity, because Jesus' influence in America is why we don't have slavery. But in those days, they had slaves, and some people would pay the price to get somebody out of slavery so they could be set free. And that term was redemption. And what he's saying here is that Jesus did that for you and me. Jesus paid the price, dying on the cross, shedding his blood to redeem us from the slavery of sin. See, the Bible says before we're born again spiritually that we're in bondage to sin, that we just live according to the sinful nature, do whatever the sin nature wants. But then when we become alive spiritually, then because of what Jesus has done, he forgives us, we become made alive spiritually, and then he begins to work in us, and he frees us from the bondage of sin. Now, that's a lifelong process. In Titus 2, 14, it says, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us, and that's that, that same word, redeem us, redeem us from sin, uh, from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good works, right? So what does that mean? Well, it means that, that God sent his only begotten son to redeem us from sin, and that he's going to purify us. He's working in our hearts. And if you are a, a believer, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then God is working in your heart to purify you. And that's what conviction is. When you watch something on the Internet and you feel convicted like, oh, that's bad, I shouldn't watch it, that's the Holy Spirit. Like, hey, this isn't pure. This is pure evil. You need to stop watching that. And, and that's what God does. He convicts us. When you come to church and we read the Bible, you should be convicted from time to time. Oh, I'm not, uh, you know, because God wants to change us, right? Uh, and, and that is kind of the problem with, you know, not going through the Bible is that sometimes churches can just tell you, okay, you're all going to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. I had a Christian ask me a few days ago, they said, so Pastor Bob, what do you, what do you think about the positive confession movement? And I said, well, isn't what the Bible teaches. The Bible doesn't teach that God wants us all to be rich, and if you're not rich, then you don't have enough faith. That's not what the Bible, and he's, I'm talking money, right? God does want us to be rich, and he's given us many riches, but they don't, they're not all connected to your bank account, right? And so uh, he goes on in verse 8 and says, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, uh, which he proposed in himself. So the simplest of Christian who's filled with the Spirit who studies the Word of God, goes to church, knows more about the purpose of life than a whole panel of the smartest non-believers, spiritually dead people, right? I, I was thinking I could make a list of people who have PhDs after their names, and they have no clue about the purpose of life, right? And, and, and so when you ask, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of education, you ask them, why are you here? Why were you created? What happens after you die? What is your purpose here on earth? right? And if you're a Christian and you read the Bible, well, you know the answers to those questions, right? And, and but, so he's saying, you know, that's one of the great blessings, knowing why you're here, what's your purpose, where are you going, where'd you come from, right? I mean, if you believe that, you know, a rock exploded, and then lightning struck some mud, and then, you know, a fish swam over to the edge of the water, 
and then it turned into an alligator, and then into a bird, and then into a monkey, and then here's you now, right? I mean, that you're a monkey's uncle. I mean, if you believe that, that you came from a monkey, well, then what kind of outlook do you have about your life, right? You just think, oh, yeah, I'm just here to eat, drink, and be merry. Tomorrow I die, right? But there's more to life than that, the spiritual realm. And so uh, it's so good that having a relationship with God, we understand the purpose. He says in verse 10 that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. Now, these dispensations, so we know where we came from and where we're going. The Bible tells us the history of mankind from beginning to end, right? And, and we kind of can look at all of it and see where we're at. And, you know, the good news for us is that we're near the end, right? I mean, we're living in the last days. We know that as the world gets crazier and crazier, the Bible said 2,000 years ago, hey, in the last days, there'll be a cashless society. You know, already I have Apple Pay on my phone. Uh, I, don't, I don't need money. I do need money, but, right, I mean, you think you don't when you have Apple Pay. Uh, And, and you know, there's going to be a one-world government, which it's on the way, right, globalism, the whole Great Reset, those of you know about that, we know that there's a one-world government on the move, and and really it's interesting that they're working that through the healthcare system, that the one-world government, they're giving the, you know, the, and I won't get off on that, about the, uh, anyway, but, uh, and we just see one-world government, one-world religion, one-world economy, you know, all of those things. And we see it coming. And so when you see all the craziness going on, lawlessness, the Bible said in the last days that people will be lovers of themselves, that there'll be lawlessness like in the days of Noah. And so when you understand that God tells us the plan from the beginning to the end, it it just makes it so much more comforting to know, oh, we're not all confused here, wondering what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen. We've read the book, right? In verse 11, in him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So God doesn't come and seek our advice about the plan for mankind, (laughs) right? Notice it says, according to the counsel of his will. Now, some people think that God ought to consult them about how things roll, (laughs) right? And it's kind of funny because, you know, uh, we only know a tiny little bit, right? God is outside of time. He knows the beginning from the end, right? He knows what's going on. And the, and the Bible tells us how it's going to end. And uh, the Bible tells us that God knows about your life. God has a plan for your life. He has things for you to do. Did you know that? That God has specific things for you to do. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, the Bible talks a lot about how God knew about your life before you were born, that he has good works for you to do. And, and so you say, well, how do I know what those are? Well, that's what the Christian life is about. It's about praying and saying, Lord, what do you want me to do today? About being supernaturally led by the power of the Holy Spirit. You get up in the morning, you pray, and you say, God, what do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to talk to? Wherever you work at, right? Uh, years ago, before I was, uh, you know, working at a church, I would get up and pray and say, I'd pray for my coworkers. Lord, who do you want me to talk to? And, and, and you know, the Lord would just say, hey, talk to this guy or that guy or whatever. And so when you think about your plan for your life, you say, well, how do you know what it is? Well, you have to pray. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to do at work? What do I want to do at home? Lord, how can I be a good husband or wife or parent or whatever it is or at church? Lord, what do you want me to do at church? And if you think you're hearing, sit and do nothing, that's not from God. <laughs> 
No one sits the bench on God's team, right? Everybody has a part to play, and you can read Corinthians. God's given us all different gifts and abilities, and so all of us have a part to play. And, you know, I love coming to church and seeing, you know, all the Awana teachers downstairs and, and seeing ushers and greeters and people working in the coffee shop, people in the video room, the worship band, you know, just the sound guys and all the, all the people doing all the different things. And, you know, God has given everybody different abilities and gifts. And so he has a plan for your life. And so you need to pray and say, Lord, what is that plan? What do you want me to do? And, and God will reveal it to you. Now, even if you don't want to hear, he'll reveal it to you, right? We're going to stop there because we're out of time. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. We would like to tell you a little bit about our Pure Word ministry. Pure Word is a ministry that helps people with life-controlling issues such as alcohol, drug, and pornography addiction. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Our desire is to help people break free from the heavy yoke of life controlling issues. Pure Word meets every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. here at Calvary Chapel Caldwell. For more information, call 453-9653 or visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, Channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you, and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you, and may you have a great day. Today is the day.